As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting here at the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. I am Jack. And I'm Joel. And you are listening to uh, what probably will be an interesting episode as far as technical standards go, because uh, I don't know if dedicated listeners have know this about CFRU, but this is cutting-edge equipment uh, with the finest technical minds known to man. We're in a professional studio. We, we, we don't, we're not recording this out of our basement, folks. Yeah, this is... This is a radio station. This is a radio station, baby. Uh, what is radio? Respectable radio station. A respectable radio station. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a... Do you remember... Um, what was the Coen Brothers movie? Is it A Serious Man? Yeah. That's a very underrated movie, by the way. I think so, too. I watched it, and there was nothing, ta- nothing said about it. It was just no. cut under the radar, but... And it's, oh, it's, it was I think, really good. Was it before or after um, uh, True Grit? After, I think, just after. And that was one of these things where I think the, the True Grit curse, I don't want to say it, it, they made bad movies, but it was just they were overshadowed by the fact that True Grit, which I, I actually don't love that much. I think it's a good movie, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it compared to something like their more usual fare, which is this perfect mix of like dark comedies and kind of these well, existential thing, I don't know about you, but I came into True Grit looking for a Coen Brothers movie. And what I found was it was a, uh, they were fans of a classic movie and they did a true to the movie remake. Yeah. Right. So it was a classic Western and it yeah. was good and it was well acted and it was well filmed, but it wasn't a Coen Brothers movie. Exactly. And it's the same thing I think you can say about uh, a boot, uh, um, no country. It's not a Coen Brothers movie. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie, but where's the <laughs> like the the violence is there? The 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 kind of I guess there is like brief flashes of dark humor to it, but in general, it's like it is by the book, like the very yeah. depressing, gritty Cormac McCarthy adaptation. But not nothing beats No Country. I think that's the best Coen Brothers movie by far. You think? Period. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we need... I think it's their magnum opus right there. We need to split up Coen Brothers movies <laughs> into serious ones. We've got some work to do. They're, 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 I don't want to say madcap comedies, but because I think I think Big Lebowski is yeah. the perfect well, Coen the, Brothers movie. the most enjoyable to watch, yeah. for sure. Anyway, the whole reason I brought it up as serious men is because this is a serious studio for serious <laughs> right. And we are serious <laughs> men. And that's what we're doing here. We're talking about the games, folks. Yeah, they, the serious games. It's not meant to be fun. Why are you laughing? Clear <laughs> uh, Android's Dungeon is a show about uh, the Coen Brothers. <laughs> Coen Brothers only film. We, we have a lot of downtime in between each film that comes out. But there is something coming, isn't there? 
Uh, I oh, think I guess so. they did the ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs, which yeah. was which was good. I didn't finish a it. Netflix feature, which we'll uh, yeah, we'll tie that in. Get back to that later. Interest, yeah, that's actually a perfect uh, thing to tie into our other conversation. But uh, Android Dungeon, a show about Coen Brothers movies, games, books, whatever. Um, you can check us out on all the popular podcast websites. Um, if we're not there, they're not meant for us. They're not cool enough. That's right. We're, we're on them all. Forget about it. Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Um, well, I don't know if you ever got a chance because it was uh, – you bought me this game. <laughs> but um, because it's so hard somehow to get us all together to do a run together, I've been doing a lot of solo barony. I've been loading up barony on my laptop because it's the quickest and easiest thing to play. And I yeah. think I want to get good at it. Yeah. You know, So I've been working on the ninja. Yeah. So for those of you you don't know, Barony is sort of a classic 3D dungeon crawl uh, roguelike. So you start at the top, you go as far down as you can, mm. and then you die. <laughs> and you get nothing. It's not like uh, some other roguelikes where you'll be able to retain certain items or certain uh, skill trees yeah. into your next run. The only thing that you have to retain is your memory of the previous pain. Have, have you found your... Because the game is heavily based on NetHack, which is this old-school dungeon crawler which was inspired by Rogue, which came out in like the 70s, late 70s, early <laughs> 80s. And one of the things about NetHack, at least, I don't know if Rogue did it as well, was that if your character died, theoretically you could come across your character's ghost and their loot later on down oh. the line. And um, that was kind of one of the funs of playing... One of the fun parts about playing NetHack at, uh, back in the early days of the internet in that you could be running around and, like, I come across Joel's corpse and his ghost is there and all his stuff's there, but it stinks and it's all cursed. And it's, it's like, okay, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I'm glad you mentioned cursed because I've noticed that, like, basically you pick up items. All There's tons of items all over the place, but you don't want to trust anything. Definitely no. don't put anything on no. until you finish appraising it, which takes forever, by the way. It's so this was, I asked you about this before. And the game is, it's one of these things that as soon as you start up, it's like you're smashing the face with front end information that means nothing to the average person i think and yeah but when you grab anything is it always appraising so you you have a checkbox the in auto your settings yeah. where you can set it to auto appraise because you need everything appraised why would you turn it off though or is it just because you um, like to look at it it's probably because you want to prioritize yeah. appraising things that you actually want to use like if you're a fighter and you pick up a wand yeah. you don't really care about appraising it and it's just going to appraise in the order that you pick stuff up oh okay but that's just extra work. I'm not going to bother going through that. I, so. I just let the appraising run. And appraising, uh, when you finish, actually gives you experience. It helps you level up. And doesn't it don't doesn't it improve your appraising skill, too, so you yep. get better and better at it? But uh... So it should get faster as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And certain classes, like there's a merchant class. Yeah. Which is just good at appraising. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're good, uh, if you're if you're building a well-rounded party, maybe you want that just so that you can uh, figure out what items to start using quicker. And not to interrupt you too much again, but you mentioned playing it solo, but the game can play up to four people, I believe. So that would make a lot of sense if you're running like, okay, I'm running the merchant, so hand me your st your stuff. I'm going to identify it, then I'll give it back to you, and yeah. then, hand know, it out in the in the proper order. And yeah. I'm playing without hunger right now, but playing with hunger, I think, would probably be about the same because you need um, food to heal, and 
uh, unless you're incredible, you're going to get hit once in a while. Yeah. And uh, the you need to eat about four food items to heal one hit. <laughs> There's no difficulty level in this game. It's just brutal. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's fun, and I think um, I've been getting good at the ninja class, which has uh, throwing daggers, which do a bunch of damage, and you can pick them back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found that if you juke properly, you juke. should. Yeah, juke is Just a term. Juke. So juke is a term where uh, you're ducking and diving, you're Muhammad Ali, and you're, <laughs> and you're floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee. Uh, and juking is basically the ability in a game, say you have a higher speed and a longer range than an opponent, you could theoretically, if you move perfectly and attack perfectly, uh, hit them without ever being hit. Yeah. It's a perfect description. Sometimes in these Dota games and stuff, too, that you'll hear juking is like... Yep. Phantom Lancer. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if, if you if you get the ability to juke, uh, which is really important, there's certain trolls out there that... Not internet trolls, but game trolls that will uh, <laughs> kill you in one hit. So, you yeah. got to be careful. And there's also the Minotaur that shows up on some floors if you're there too long, I think. Like, there's a timer for... Um, I don't know if it's pre-programmed. Like, as soon as you enter the floor, it's like, okay... You only have a certain amount of time on this before he shows up, or is it always he'll show up? Yeah, and that's the other funny thing is that the enemies are randomly generated. Yeah. The generation rate seems to be quite a wide range because sometimes you'll run into floor one and you'll see a single skeleton, a single mouse. Yeah. Sometimes you'll come into a room and there'll be seven skeletons in the room. And you're like, what happened here? <laughs> it's great for experience and everything like that. And that's yeah. the funny thing about the game is sometimes because the exit of the dungeon is also randomly spawned, yeah. it could be right next to where you started. Oh, interesting. And so sometimes you'll walk out the fr- front door and there's the there's the, the trap door to the to the second room. And does it, but would there still be a giant level around it or are you saying it doesn't spawn the rest of the level? There'd like... still be a giant level. So that's the thing is you have to make the decision mm-hmm. how long do I want to stay up here and grind and get my levels up and um, as many items as I can before yeah. I move down to the next more difficult level. It would make more sense and I don't know if you always do this too but if if there's a floor it has to be cleared. You cannot leave <laughs> any part of the floor unless I'm getting yeah. destroyed. And uh, it depends. Go. If I see, a, if I'm level one, and I, or say I'm level three, and I'm on the second level, and I see a room with like, I like a switch, and behind the cage is like seven spiders, and I'm like, oh, I have like a twenty percent chance of killing these <laughs> things before they kill me. Yeah, I'll probably just skip. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the loot stinks in general, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know about just getting another cursed. Yeah shield or something and i don't know what you know about these designers but they do seem to be oriented around messing with you Mm -hmm. uh we found a book that was like some troll erotica (laughs) it's like what this one troll uh uh, describing his experience with with somebody he found in a bar (laughs) yeah that sounds about right (laughs) i think i wonder if it's a reference to because you always see this brought up, but I think I think it was in Skyrim, but maybe it was in Oblivion as well. But the lusty Argornian maid—that's was, what it was. Was that what it was? The yeah. lusty troll barmaid. Yeah, so it's a reference to those uh, that oh, sort of okay. that so, book you could pick up in the uh, Morrowind or whatever series. Huh. I don't even know what uh, Elder Scrolls. That's yeah. oh, okay, but still, it's funny. Yeah, references that I didn't get. <laughs> anyway, it's a lot of fun and it, it, it's quick. Obviously, you die. Quick. <laughs> yeah. occupies your time i think the lowest i've ever gotten was seven but uh, uh i'm looking forward to getting a group together and and giving a try well, maybe we can do that this afternoon yeah sure do some bearing my uh i think my my laptop's in your trunk of your i know car. i was gonna say <laughs> I, I took your backpack <laughs> it's like i don't remember this but anyway 
Barony Roguelite, inexpensive too. I think you can pick up copies yep. on Steam for quite Fiber. a good price. No reason not to if you're interested in the genre. But I definitely grabbed it on the holiday sale. I thought, oh look, it's like you check the reviews of it, and it's like tons of fun with your friends. So, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta find friends. And so. Recommended. Yeah. Um, for me, it's I was telling Joel when we were, we were coming to the studio here, where it's like board game time has been limited this this little bit here. Yep. So nothing. The holidays are over. Holidays are over, so not as much time to really go into that stuff. So it's been more just like scrounging an hour or two when I in the in the evening or something and I'm sitting at the computer so um what I've gone back to if I have a bit of free time is uh I've started Dark Souls 2 again because Ooh, I'm just another it's, run it's not a good game but there's something about it that just gets me <laughs> it's like got a there's something cozy about it which is really a weird way to describe <laughs> it um but I've been redoing it and I'm finding that um I, I've I think I've just gotten way better at the game so now I'm blasting through it and there are a couple of fights in the game that I've just I've loathed. I've just I hate 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 them, and this time just poof, done poof, one done, run, poof, done, one run, and it's just like <sighs> what a guy. What, what's happened? What <laughs> what's changed in my life that can make this? Or did I just get lucky? I don't know what, but it's uh, it, it, the there are a couple of game series I think I could nerd out pretty hard on, and uh, Dark Souls is one of them because I love. There's something about the the world and the style of gameplay that just grabs me completely, and that's why I think two is such a letdown because you can see it. It's such. It's almost a legend in the the community for how much of a disappointment it is. And it's usually, I'd say, ninety five percent of the people hate it, but four uh, percent uh, legitimately love it for some stupid reason, and one percent are trolling. <laughs> and that's the the one percent you got to worry about. So what do the four percent say when they love it? It's. I think it's because they they love the multiplayer. The, I think the netcode worked well for two, and there were tons of builds for it, which was always important. So you could always do tons of different stuff, even though magic was busted. And magic is typically either uh, busted positively or busted negatively in the sense that you can steamroll anything positively or negatively in the sense it doesn't do shit. Whoops, get out of here. Don't do it. <laughs> so in this case, uh, I think two, you can cheese the entire game with magic if you want to be a tough guy. But Okay. Um, that, do you have a mana pool? No, so that's the interesting thing. The so Demon Souls had mana, and that you were limited by your mana. That's that. But Demon Souls had ways for you could not, like consume an item, get more mana back. There were cheesy ways you could just slowly regenerate it, which led to this sort of degenerate gameplay where it's like you could theoretically uh, use Mega Spell on every enemy you come across if you just want to sit there and wait for it to come back, like mm. Mega Spell. Mega spell, which is dumb, but it's it's it gives the player the option, which we talk about the min maxing. You could min max it like crazy. Yeah. Um, then for two, uh, one and two, Dark Souls, they brought in this thing where each spell has limited number of uses, so you're allowed to get X amount of it before you have to go back to your bonfire and kind of reset your kind of like D and D closer, okay. I guess. And that way, turned per it, rest. Yeah, exactly. And you're only allowed to slot a certain amount of spells depending on how much you leveled up or what rings you're using or your gear. So it was, it was more versatile to stop players from just either cheesing it by um, having just 
<laughs> regenerating like their mana. Winning a great. fight by a ranged attack that was going to do X damage, and then they had to wait. And... Yeah, sort of. It, like it, then you get into are you playing? Because a lot of people love the player versus player or the player versus enemy stuff, or like the combination too. I prefer the player versus enemy because I find the PvP stuff is a little janky and usually rewards the guys that have been sitting there and turbo nerding it out for a while. It's like I don't know about this, but it's fine. But anyway, two replaying it, and I'm I'm having to. An all right time, even though I'm going through and I'm just looking at it and I'm kind of going, oh man, you can see where they cut corners. You can see where this stuff doesn't make sense. You can see the poor enemy design and the layouts and places. But every now and then there's just these moments where it's like, what if? What if we got a, fi a totally finished game that actually was cohesive and not kind of this like patched together experience? And that you see that all the time in computer games and video games, board games, I don't think you see it as much. Yeah. There's you get what if moments, I think you can it's agree. often is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is the maybe we're getting into the point with Kickstarter games becoming so prevalent and stuff <laughs> where you're seeing like, oh, this Fall of Avalon. Fall well, I don't know. I'm not gonna talk about Fallout. I don't know very <laughs> much about it. But more just like let's say Rosenberg puts out a game or something like that. It's rare that he didn't have time to put everything he wanted to into this necessarily. True, yeah. Maybe an expansion flushes stuff flushes stuff out he didn't want to put in there or didn't want to overwhelm or didn't necessarily think because uh, that's where a true expansion I think should wait a couple of years or maybe a bit for players mm -hmm. to say, We want this or this is kind of busted and kind of I don't know, fix it, but Speaking of which, an expansion came out with Gizmos at Gen Con when Gizmos was released. Well, so did Root technically too. So, True. but at the same time, well, let's look at Root's expansion. We had the River Folk, and um, I think that was a price limitation, though. You know. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. It's the lizards. Keep, yeah, uh, lizards and um, the otters or whatever, and you could keep the base game down, which is base kind of like what everyone. This is what you need. And then if you want more, if you're craving it, or if you kickstarted it, you can get your the other stuff versus you having these things like, let's take Lord of, Lords of Hellas, which a friend of mine kickstarted. And um, I've heard pretty positive things about it, actually, for a dudes on the map game with giant minis. And you look at the cover, and it's like techno-Greek mythology. It's metal as hell and lightning bolts. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you look, and you go, oh, I don't I have high hopes for this guy. <laughs> but uh, it turns out it's supposed to be okay. But comes out and they've already got the expansion um like built into the kickstarter and that led to a weird situation where it's like okay you can and, and i hate sh i hate shipping fees on stuff if it's outrageous and that stopped me actually from backing a lot of stuff where it's like oh what's the game base game 30 bucks that's pretty good that's not bad shipping 30 dollars 40 dollars to ship to canada that's nuts anyway so with that's lords nuts. of hellas they have the base game you and then all expansions you can kickstart if you go to that tier but if you wanted the base game and the kick and the expansions you either pay for separate shipping for them to ship you the base game and then ship the expansions to you or you pay shipping once but you got to wait way after everyone has Jack, got that's their not copy. how shipping works it's <laughs> <laughs> not how any of this works <laughs> i'm just thinking in my in the business i'm in if if something is back ordered we pay the shipping <laughs> it's like we you, you yeah. pay for the shipping on the initial thing and after that it's on us to like send it to you you've yeah. paid for it anyway that's a different story but if you can pay for the shipping separately and get it right away that means it's there yeah and they could just be dropped on top of the other box into into a bigger box well but here's the thing so the, the expand but this is maybe the confusion here is the expansion's not out yet uh, so it's okay. not it's not ready so but the base game is ready so it's like they've already this is what gets me is they announced the, a big expansion uh and you could argue it's similar to root but right from the get-go with the 
yeah. the, the Kickstarter. And I think Rising Sun did it, but it was more just added stuff and not necessarily like a totally separate board with all this stuff. So I, I could see a again, situation now, especially that we, where if you're designing a game and you have all these ideas and all this stuff you want to throw in, and then you think, oh, wait, but we actually have to produce this game at a price that people <laughs> yeah. want to buy it. Yeah you might end up culling a lot of stuff and yeah. it's almost like a director's cut where it's yeah. like, okay, well, I don't want to entirely throw this out. I think it's a lot of fun and I think it's balanced, mm -hmm. but I can't put it in the game. Yeah. And then that sort of situation where you... Absolutely. And that's... And we're kind of bouncing back and forth here, but computer games and stuff back in the day before DLC and like updates were ubiquitous and easy to do, you'd end up with a legit expansion pack where typically it would be comprised of either people... You, you take... You use, reuse the assets or maybe add some fresh stuff and uh, build things that actually expand upon the game. Like famously, Frozen Throne... Uh, was that the expansion pack for Reign of Chaos? Yeah, and so it, much better. And so, you know that orcs couldn't even heal? Like, orc units couldn't even heal in Reign of Chaos? No, I had no idea. It was so broken. I, I just I haven't played Reign useless. of Chaos in forever. It's, it's yeah. just, Because it, it became, you play, just like Brood War. It's like you played Brood War. You played Frozen Throne. Uh, when and when expansion came out, that was typically what you played. Half-Life, uh, I guess you'd call them expansions, although today I'd, it'd be difficult to say. You had Opposing Force, which was a fantastic expansion. Um, then you had Blue Shift, which was weaker, but added HD weapons and its own storyline and things. So, yeah. And then you had, like, Gold Edition of games, too, where you actually had, like, let's take Thief, for example. Age of Empires. Age gold. of Empires. Like, you, you're adding content that was maybe cut or you didn't have time to balance or bug test properly. And then you release a special edition of it, and now it's got more content. And it's not just cheesy yeah. stuff where you look and go, uh, I can see why this was cut. It's actually, whoa, this is great. This yeah, is but nice. I think one of the things you mentioned is really important is waiting. Yeah. And that's because you get the feedback of the community. Yeah. And then you know what you need. Like, say you have this additional content, fine. But once you hear the feedback of the community, you can tweak that expansion yeah. to give the people what they want or fix the things that were broken. Yeah, and you were talking about Reign of Chaos and Orcs. I, I can't yeah. imagine the amount of, like, angry emails. It had to be an oversight <laughs> because nobody could use Orcs in multiplayer because you just had to go let your units die. And when your units die, you know, people were deliberately sending their units into neutral camps to die so that the opponent team wouldn't get any experience because they couldn't heal them, which is <laughs> so inconvenient. No one would ever want to play Orc. So instead, obviously, they fixed it. In, in I wonder if Frozen that was... Throne. And, that, and that's an interesting example of... I'd love to... It would be neat to actually talk to the person whether like if there was ever a post saying, oh, whoops, sorry, guys, that was an oversight, or whether it was something in the design notes where they decided Orcs don't heal. They're just meant to be <laughs> like, bloodthirsty, and it's like a fight to the death, kind of like the... What's interesting, if you look at it, Blizzard, whole, whole cloth ripped off Warhammer completely for their... If oh, you yeah, look at, like, for their lore. The the characters and the lore, it's almost embarrassing how bad it is, but everyone gives them a pass for some reason. I don't get it. <laughs> but maybe that was kind of like how the Warhammer orcs, they're always just like, they're meant to be just like disposable en masse where it's just like yeah. throwing themselves. But maybe it's other things. Like you, you see something become popular like WoW or something, and it's like, oh, it's making D&D &D accessible. It's bringing yeah. that same story that's always been there to yeah. the masses. yeah. Yeah, no, it's no no elitism, just more just like when you look at it and how badly, again, Blizzard copied Dune, for example, yeah. uh, but, and you're like, oh my God, this is like a car. So not only did you rip off <laughs> uh, Westwood Studios and their fan their RTS, like look at Warcraft 1 and look at Dune 2000 
and it's it's almost like palette <laughs> swap. Carbon copy. And then they rip off War, or Warhammer. And then it's well, Command and Conquer was doing it. Command too. and Conquer, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, which was I think Westwood again. So it's like an evolution in those guys. Yeah. But obviously, we know who won that fight at the end of the day. But so. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say everyone plays Brood War too. Yeah, no one plays classic Starcraft. No, it's it's gone. So good, I think. And just like we're kind of get, hitting this point of board games a little bit too, is that. Uh, Vidi culture. I won't play Tuscany. I, I did Tuscany recently. I can't go back to the base game. Maybe if you want to make it more accessible to the average person, but I think it's a waste of time. Tuscany is not that much cre- more difficult. Maybe a little more difficult to explain, um, but no reason to go back to the base board. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, Agricola. A lot of people won't play with anything except the expansions for mm. some of the cards, even though I think maybe it adds too much. To them, but I've yeah. heard uh, the Feast of Odin expansion is coming out re- soon, and I'm excited for that because I think it adds fifth player you can play with. Not that that's ever going to come up, and but it makes things adds way more stuff. And I think it might be one of these things where it's like you you won't be able to play without it because it actually makes. Apparently, animals aren't viable in the base game. I don't play it enough to really know <laughs> it, but I guess it actually it adds pigs to the game now too that you oh. can raise, which is adorable, absolutely adorable. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Dark Souls 2, <laughs> it's good not, game. It's <laughs> not, not a good, good game. game, but it's it's a fun game for me to play, and I'm enjoying myself. But it's just, I I still remember the first time I played it, how mad I was. Just I, I couldn't believe how how badly they screwed it up, and I thought is somebody making fun of me? And it, oh, the last thing I'll say about this is that speaking of uh, people screwing other people over, in uh, when Dark Souls 2 came out initially, it was for PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. The initial uh, sort of advertisements for it, and the videos of it, showed these uh, lots of scenes in the game, uh, these in- the incredible lighting effects, and lots of different things. When it came out, the downgrade is real, folks. People talk about the downgrade, and this was a perfect example of it. So I think the story is that in order to make it work on old consoles that were chugging at this point, because remember... Dark Souls 2 is running on the same console that Demon Souls ran on, which is mm. there's it's shown its age at this point, the PS3 360. So it comes out and on the PC you notice it tremendously. It's like the PC was miles ahead of these these consoles at this point. And you're looking at this, this is ugly, the color palette stinks and the lighting effects are terrible. So the FromSoft, Namco, Bandai kind of look at each other and go, Whoa, uh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, re-release Scholar of the First Sin, the special edition mm. of the game. This comes with all the DLC, but it changes enemy placements in weird ways, too. So base game has bizarre decisions. The second one has changes the bizarre decisions <laughs> into other places. So now there's a fight between who prefers more, the original bizarre decision or the second bizarre decisions. <laughs> and nothing makes sense. And nothing makes sense, but there's more. They fix the lighting. Uh, there was a bug initially where uh, this was a PC bug. If you're playing at 60 frames per second, which most people probably were, the game has a weapon degradation system, except it's tied to frame rates for some reason. Uh-oh. So you'd whack an object, and all of a sudden you're like, your your weapon broke after like four hits or something ridiculous for some people. I think it was maybe based on some builds or some computers, but in my experience, I never really suffered from it. But some people were complaining. Some people say it's still there today. Anyway, it's just... I don't, I don't get it. Making it's such money. a weird thing to tie it to. Yeah. Um, I think on this case, we'll, we'll stop here for now, take a musical break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Mega Civ. Mega Civ! And then we'll do a quick rundown of the, uh, the latest stuff to dribble out of Netflix. Is, uh, Beak. Netflix. Stay tuned.
back to CFRU 93.3 FM, not AM, not some sort of weird XM band, although, can you listen to us? No, there's no way satellite radio you can get, uh, whatever, I'm just rambling. FM, there you FM go. higher quality. Yes. That's why they do the music and then they do the talk on the AM. Yeah, so FM's higher, qu- I forget the uh, bandwidth for it, but AM is stronger. It's a shorter so. frequency, right? I don't know, you know more about it than I do right away. Uh, but AM you can theoretically hear anywhere in the world, I think, if you've got yep. it set up properly. Lower frequency equals higher range. Look at that. 
what you just heard was A Moldering Heart by Sons of Perdition from the album Gathered Blood from 2016. It's um, it's a genre of music that I've, I'm starting to... I really love and I've never understood what to describe it as, but I think it's Death Country is the typical... I think the, the dumb music subgenre name for Death Country, Dark Folk. Um, a lot of reverb. A lot of man speaking deep in yeah. the background. A lot of echo. feels good to listen to. It's just like oh, like it. My pain. My pain. <laughs> it's like you're either it's the sp- new country. <laughs> the new country, right? It's not about like my girl done got up and left me. It's more just the darkness. My so, soul. I'm always keeping it at bay. <laughs> Sometimes it creeps in. <laughs> That's it. We should write. We should do our own uh, death country album. Um, anyway, uh, Sons of Perdition, Gathered Blood, Moldering Heart. We play board games to forget. <laughs> board games. That's, yeah. <laughs> I usually feel that way. So speaking of uh, uh, moldering, gathered bloods, perdition. Long hells, suffering. Suffering, yeah. We recently got to do something that few, many have thought of, uh, few have attempted, and uh, even, even fewer, fewer have succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and, uh, you know... Uh, we didn't even succeed ourselves, but uh, wow. we're mad enough to uh, wow. to run a game without playing it. Yeah, I, I think, okay, so without diving too, too into the weeds too deeply, we got to get an 18-player game of Megas, Megla, Mega Civilization going yeah. on Saturday. Which, I mean, everybody out there has games, and they're thinking, well, I want to I know what it runs like with the highest player count. Mm-hmm. And we've had this two years? I think so. Released yeah. in 2015 at Gen Con. Took a while to get. Yeah. Um, Look at that. You know what year it was like. Yeah. Um, and we've always been able to play up to half of the count. Well, so I think you've always wanted to get that number up to the game as it was intended. Well, it's just not that I was at a burning desire to. It's not that I was sitting there going, you know, this isn't the real game. It, it was more that it says it goes up to 18. Joel and I have seen pictures of people playing it at 18. Well, we wanted to see... What if? What if? And uh, a brief overview. If you've listened to the show at all uh, with any semi-frequency, you understand Mega Civ is a game Joel and I think very fond of. It was Joel's number one game of 2018. Not that it came out in 2018, but just his number one game of 2018. Yep. Um, and it is a is a an epic game where everyone takes on the role of a civilization spread out across uh, these places that would have existed theoretically in eight eight thousand BC BCE. And you are moving your chits, you're turning them into cities, you're collecting trade goods, you're hustling people to collect sets, you're trading them in for attacks, and you are trying to have the most points uh, to keep moving up on this track. And when the game ends, you are the winner if you've got the most points. Basic stuff here. Wouldn't it be crazy if Christ actually showed up halfway through uh, the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a sense, monotheism shows up. Yeah, so you end up true. with, but not necessarily Jesus. But One uh, God. I think it's actually the Talmud being read in, uh, by some rabbi-looking right, yeah. people. I mean, if it's eight, 1800 BC and it, every era is 100 years, then you, at 16 well, rounds, you don't actually... Well, it changes, actually. So it starts off with 1,000, then it's 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, then it starts moving like 800, and then 600. And like, yeah, so it changes as it gets... For, anyway, <laughs> on the quieter. AST at least. Right? More interesting things happen. Yeah. That's what you learn in, in history. It would be almost cool, too, and we're getting off the rails right away here, but maybe some design notes is that certain texts don't become available 
until oh, a certain until a certain era or until something moves into it or you could have it something gets locked, triggered something gets triggered and then you flip Other over text the text unlocked. they're unlocked but that is anyway. so cool <laughs> so you can't you're not just building a wonder the world is your first bit <laughs> like ta-da we don't know how to read but <laughs> here's a pyramid and we'll talk about wonder the world yeah yeah so anyway mega save 18 players we got it going got it going on at the uh, university it was a uh, I, I, it was a CFRU slash Androids Dungeon event with the help of Rodrigo from the boardroom in, in downtown Guelph. Yeah, officially sponsored by the station. Thanks for helping us out with uh, yep. finding a venue. Finding a venue and uh, spreading the good word, I think. Uh, although I'm not sure how many people are aware of CFRU even after. <laughs> the, the <event>. <laughs> Played here at the university. We did put up posters, so, you yeah. know, they got a little bit of publicity. So, anyway, Joel, uh, what did we do during this game? What, which Civ did we play? We didn't play, Jack. We couldn't. There was too much going on. And people were saying, oh, if, at the beginning of the game, uh, before the game started, we kind of felt bad like you were going to be left out. But you guys are the busiest guys around. Yeah. And it was so true. <laughs> we were, there was not much downtime. We had five minutes maybe during trades. Yeah. And that was even that was like. Uh, just catching up, shuffling in the <laughs> You're cards. still working. You're still working. <laughs> <laughs> going over, updating all of the scores. Yeah. Uh, so we were the administrators. <clears throat> Yeah, refereeing, even though I think the refereeing amounts was very minimal most of the time. Yeah. It's, um, Clarifying how combat worked. Yeah. Uh, the rules questions, I don't know if you got a lot, but I probably only got four or five through the whole game. Yeah, I think the most of the rules questions were pretty basic. Um, it's funny how we were still screwing up rules, I think, even to this one. It helped that Roll had memorized the entire <laughs> thing. Which yeah, so spoiler, <laughs> uh, Roll. Uh, won the game. First game ever. He researched it, I think, more than anyone has ever researched a game before playing it. He never played. Well, he did play like two rounds, I think. At uh... Yeah, he played an intro game, so he understood the, the basics or the fundamentals of it. Um, so he had rule. Rule was number one. Then after that, it was, I think it was a fight between Tyler, uh, Harry, and Rodrigo. Although, wasn't Stefan up there, and too? And Tyler. Yeah. Oh, and, you did say Tyler. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Big deal. So it was so we fast forward to the end there, but and Joe and Joe. So there were a bunch of different, uh, eighteen different people playing this game. I'd say about four or five had never played it before. The rest had been our veterans of the game. Yep. What are, what, were you, what were your overall thoughts of this, Joe? I thought um, coming into it, if you're jumping into an eighteen-player game, you know there's still there's going to be some people that get knocked completely out of contention yeah. but we didn't see it coming this badly i think um partially my fault because we had that map of where everybody should have their land we didn't have the hdmi cable right away and i couldn't show it to people and then some of the less experienced players some of the new players <clears throat> didn't know what they were entitled to so much <laughs> and didn't spread out right and uh, obviously, why wouldn't you? Everyone else took advantage of that. And yeah. you had a couple people just sandwiched in with tiny little areas. Yeah. And they basically, their game was over right yeah. away. And, and so that was sad to see. Um, but that was maybe one of the biggest, that could probably happen in a nine-player game. But Oh, easy. Um, that was one of the biggest impacts we saw where, where two people were essentially out of the game immediately and were uh, had less than a third maybe just over a third of, of the points of the, the people above them. Yeah, that was frustrating to watch. And I think I was telling you throughout the game that I was just feeling bad for these players because I think everyone apparently still had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Every, they're not, at least they're lying to me. They said they had a good time. 
But there were a couple of people you were just watching, and it was just painful because, and this was the issue with the game. I think when you're not doing well, is that you're not getting, you don't have cities, you're not getting trade goods, you don't get to participate in the most fun part of the game, which is the the horse yeah. trading aspect. And you just, if there's this relentless sort of like boot stomping your face, the entire game sensation, sitting off of the side, yeah, waiting for, for trade to end. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> That's not the way to play the game. And I and I don't know if there's... Because you think there's always going to be people that are doing poor, more poorly than others. But. I don't know. I think I think it definitely came from them being new yeah. and being taken advantage of. Well, poor Dave. He was just... He had a rough go of things. Dave, Curtis, and Eric. Who... Yeah, Eric especially. And Curtis... What's Curtis's excuse? He has no excuse. He, <laughs> no he excuse. Had, but uh, was it... Patrick was going on about Dave having his territory eaten by someone. Did Was, was yeah. he being bullied by someone or... Yeah, I actually think it was um, it was Roll. Yeah, and that's um, it. Yeah, and um, the guy next to him, Chris S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were carving up <laughs> Manoa. They had territory. basically split Manoa's land. Yeah. yeah, which was something else you brought you you mentioned too because Rodrigo, who was doing extremely well and, and did extremely well. Yeah. Um, he had cut a deal with uh, I think it was Pat. Yeah. And they both decided to just. Like look at each other, and Seth is being nice, <laughs> like okay, so non-aggressions, right? And then they just <laughs> just going after him, <laughs> just relentlessly. took advantage of Seth being such a sucker. Just a, kidding, a nice nice guy who maybe needed to fight Rodrigo more because I thought Rodrigo was going to run away with it for a little bit there because he was sitting at nine cities for a couple yeah. of turns, nothing, but he got smoked by some calamities. I think he was he went down to like three or four. Yeah, and, and both both of the leaders at one point, I think it was. It was between Tyler Rodrigo, Tyler Rodrigo, yeah. or not even Tyler, Harry, Harry and Rodrigo. So it looked like it was going to be East all the way through, yeah. and then all of a sudden we did a tech count, yeah, and we realized that Tyler and Roll had been sneakily doing actually quite well, yeah, and we just hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I had a great time officiating it, refereeing yeah. it with you, Joel. It was exhausting. It was, but it was a great experience overall, seeing it all out there. You you wouldn't imagine that not playing a game would be so rewarding, you know. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> engaged so the whole bloody time too. So. Yeah, and as an as a casual observer who's also kind of interested to see how people are going to go, uh, the game didn't disappoint. If you were watching esports or a football game, if you want to compare it to that, <laughs> uh, there was excitement. There was uh, upsets, major upsets. Yeah. Uh, you think about the last round and how it went. Yeah. Uh, and there was sort of like this bit of a thing started to drag going into the second to last, third yeah, to the last second round. To last, and then going last into the last round, all of a sudden everyone was, whoo, everyone picked up. The energy level was yeah. picking up and everybody wanted to know what was going on. People were asking me, do you think the game will end because they want to decide how to spend their yeah. things? Should they save some cards? Should they spend well, everything? Well, the game was supposed to end. Yeah, it was supposed to end. Describe what happened though, Joel, because this is, I think, going to go down in the major. If they were going to etch <laughs> like major upsets in gaming history for at least Megasiv, this is the one of them. Yeah. So we had this idea in our head going into the second to last round that there was one person <clears throat> who was going to be qualified to end the game, and we we're banking on that person making it to the second to last stage, so that they could then in the next round cut into that last stage end the game probably win the game and it would be over but what we didn't anticipate is that when we came to that point there were three not one person that were qualified to get into that final 
slot. And that was the really exciting moment where all of a sudden we tallied up and we're like, oh my goodness, this is still blown wide open. And then what happened with the cards, Jack? So in Civ, you have the trade goods and you get one of the trade goods for every city you have out there. And you have the option to buy nine, uh, a nine level good if you've got 15 in treasury. And if you've got Wonder of the World, you're entitled to... Although, I think if you're in nine cities, you don't get anything from Wonder of the World. That's right. And uh, anyway, so bottom line is, theoretically, you could be getting three... Uh, well, you could... Uh, some people were buying two nines at times, yeah. which was crazy. Uh, but anyway, there are two calamities, three calamities mixed into the level nines. One is coastal migration. Yeah, whatever. One is piracy. Ooh, sucks, but... I can deal with this. Third is regression. And everyone laughs at regression because it's like in the early in the game you get it and you go, what happened? I just went down on the ASD. Big deal. I yeah. don't care. Problem is, is when you are one of the forerunners and you are expecting to end the game basically that turn because you're moving up the AST track. Uh-oh. All of a sudden you've given up your lead basically. So you'd think, okay, maybe want to stay away from the level nines. I don't need it. I'm doing you'd really think. well. I'm doing great. I don't need a gold or an amber or an ivory or a pearl or whatever is up there. I'm content to just stick at eight. Play it safe. Play it safe. Harry did not play it safe. Harry took his nines. I think he bought one too. So he used one of the world and bought one. Yep. He gets regression. Okay, this is Tyler's game. Tyler. Also had eight cities. Also had eight cities. Also used one of the world. Also is one of the world. Also bought one. So Tyler looks at Harry and says, idiot. And then he gets two nines. Yeah. And the thing is, is that... With he, regression, by the way. With his Wonder of the World, which is his entitlement, it's a free thing, might as well take it, he did not get regression. He paid 15 of his treasury 15 bucks to take a second nine, which he didn't need because he was ahead by seven victory points in tech. Well, you don't have to use Wonder of the World, do you? Or is it required? No, but he's he's going to take it because he can. Yeah. Um. That's where he got his regression. Yeah. And the funniest thing was, uh, he he says I I got an eight, and how many nines are left? And I said, well, it's a decent decent amount. You're not supposed to know. Um, and he said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. And I said, God help you if one of these is regression. <laughs> and I pick the two up off the stack and I hand them to him. He looks at him and he should he just turns the card around and shows yeah. me like, oh, that cost you the game. I yeah. just said it to him right yeah. there cuz he knew and I knew that he had just lost himself the game by yeah. buying that card. And it was there's zero point for it. And that's what we're trying to articulate here is that it was just sheer greed because yeah. they they had already had all the, everything they needed so far ahead. So far ahead and it was just trying to pick up another 9 which is and now I think the the meta has developed to this point that if anyone is remotely close to the end, they're not going, they're not getting nines anymore. Or, and this is the thing, this is really funny because we or, we were looking at Wonder of the World and saying, well, it's good, but it's not great because you get one card higher. So if you have three cities, you'll get a four. Yeah. Then we talked to 999 Games. They clarified you can get a nine every time. Yeah. Awesome. Now everybody's taking a nine every time. Yeah. All of a sudden, now everyone's getting hit by regression yeah. and it's ruining their game. Yeah. Like Harry, who always qualified. And now we're going into that next level of meta, which is everybody is going to start getting yellows and everybody is going to go for that enlightenment or that uh, library and that library. Yeah. So there are texts that um, mitigate uh, regression, which is going to be something that so if you're doing one in the world, you're going to have to get one of these other ones just to stop your dumb. It's almost like stay at eights. 
wait till you can get one of those mitigators and now you're safe to buy nines forever yeah which is kind of fun it's yeah it's it's look we had a good time i think most people had a good time and I, we look forward to I, I look forward to playing the game myself i will do i want to when I play it, I want to max out one of the boards. I think yeah. that's the best way to do it. Just get rid of those ugly out-of-play spaces. Um, nine but it, players. Yeah, nine player. I don't know if a um, an 18 is in the cards for another year or something. Because yeah. it's just so it it's honestly exhausting. But um, Before we go, one last comment from one of the contenders for winning. And I think he would have won if he hadn't uh, got the regression. Harry made it a good point. Uh, we were talking about him getting that nine, which lost him the game, and he he acknowledged my punishment for getting so many nines. But he made an interesting point here, um, and we've talked about this, where you're pigeonholed at a certain tech color because of the discounts of that color, but he says that's only if you're playing basic AST, and that's very true. If you're playing advanced AST, you could play that very differently. Everyone's going to be held up, so you might as well diversify and he says that if he were to play again he would do all the cheap techs that give you discounts and everything Mm -hmm. as the best way to advance an advanced ast because you know that you're not rushing forward Mm -hmm. you might as well get the cheap ones because that's the requirement to advance in an age anyway right and at that point you can get what you want instead of just one color so maybe that is what (laughs) this is very insular conversation but maybe that is one of the flaws of the the normal side ast but we were talking about again last night, just the expert side of how it, it the expert side, I think maybe if we with group people, everyone knows what they're doing. And I, I don't know even if I'd max out a board with expert side, yeah. but it just, it's such a long game. It's, maybe over two days. Maybe over two days is the best way to do it. But we tried that up at the cottage and it was just a It was one of those things where we were like, I'm never doing expert side again. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, well, you know, that will change the game. Although I, I still feel like the expert side turned into this disaster of just people buying a million cards. Yep. And it just was a mess. And you can't even keep track of what your techs are. But anyway, Mega Civ, 18 player. We did it. We did it. And it, we was, got it was fun. It was fast. It wasn't even as long as some of our eight player, nine player That's games. That's what was crazy. So 10, 30, 11 o'clock, all the way nine to uh, 8 o'clock. I'd say that's her. So 9 o'clock or yep. 9 hours, excuse me. Uh, maybe 10 hours if you want to add uh, some time in there, but uh, fantastic. Not bad. Not bad at all. How long the Twilight Imperium game we played at uh, Curtis's? Over 12. That was 12 hours, and it felt like 12 hours. Yeah. That's the big thing. <laughs> it was so <clears throat> slow and dragging. So slow. And I was ready to kill someone at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> so, several people. <laughs> several people. Anyway, Mega Civ. Moving on. Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's this uh, DVD service where they'll mail you a DVD in the mail, <laughs> and it's scratched to hell, and you say it doesn't work, and you send it back, and then they send you another one, and that's I scratched totally to hell. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> they still do it, I think, too. <laughs> they send you VHS now because it's uh, retro. Um, they, they've gotten into making their own original content because – and they've been doing this for a while, but now it's becoming – like to the point that every week I feel like there's new yeah. original content coming out. It used to be a really exciting moment. Yeah, exactly. When House of Cards came out, I think. But, mm-hmm. Although I, Lilyhammer, I think, was maybe one of the first original ones. It was, was this weird unofficial sequel to The Sopranos that nobody talks about for some reason. So <laughs> I don't think it was very good. Does it exist? I don't yeah. know. Uh, so they have the, their original shows. Um, the big one that just came out recently, uh, movie at least, is the Black Mirror sort of. 
I don't know if you want to call it a movie or a, how long is it? Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Uh, it depends on how well you do, Jack. So theoretically, theoretically, it could end in like 20 minutes or something? Maybe not that short. Um, so there's around five hours of content mm-hmm. if you're going through the entire thing. Um, Bandersnatch is a game. But it's a it's a is that ga- hold on a sec when you say game <laughs> choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah. story based off of a book. Oh, uh, it's based off of the novel. Eh? Well, at least there's a novel in the uh, in the movie. I don't know if it's a real novel. Oh, okay. Um, which is basically choose your own adventure. I don't know if you ever played read the Famous Five. The Famous Five. The Famous Five was a British detective group of kids who would go around and solve puzzles, and they had tons of choose-your-own-adventure No, puzzles. I just know the choose-your-own-adventure series. That's and sometimes it's a red herring, right? And uh-huh. then you got to go back. But um, th- there are plenty of, well, I don't want to give any spoilers away, yeah. but uh, sometimes you do got to go back. And uh, Bandersnatch was a really interesting novel concept, and now they're saying, well, maybe this will be a new genre of show. But uh, a lot of other criticisms of it sort of, um, is there really a choice? But I think that's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's, you're never in control, man. That's but now you can go on Reddit and people have mapped it all out. Interesting. If you do this, then this, and then if you do this, and then this, and you can, and there's some innocuous decisions like, do you choose uh, the breakfast fro- cereal frosted thing, flakes or uh, yeah. sugar puffs at the beginning? And Did you enjoy it though? Yeah, it was fine. It was fun. Sam didn't like it by the end. It was, it was dragging. Yeah. But uh, I finished it, and yeah, it was it was all right. But the thing is, like you were saying about Black Mirror, is because Bandersnatch is a Black Mirror episode put into a movie. Um, the future Twilight. Lighten zone. it up a bit, guys. Yeah. Come on, things are getting real dark. Yeah, it, we were talking on the car ride here about how I like Black Mirror. I think it's an interesting concept, but just so depressing. And even their quote-unquote lighthearted ones are just like, eh. We're here to be entertained. <laughs> are you not entertained? Life's depressing enough. <laughs> oh, right. It's just like, I don't need, whatever. The I was listening to the uh, the CBC, and they were doing this. They were talking about the review of Bandersnatch, and the guy was saying he didn't like it because he found it very distracting, the whole choosing your adventure part, where you'd be watching, and then there, there were so many frequent choices yeah. that it was like you sitting there with your hand on the remote, and it's like, I can't. I can't it's not a game in the sense of like there's no real sort of like challenge or there's yeah. not your can you it's make selection yeah and that's what always got me about some of these choose your own adventure things is that the arbitrary nature of your decisions and when you've played enough computer games over the time like a lot of these sort of dialogue choices the worst games ever had these and basically it didn't it was basically random your your so you say an answer and then it's like oh that person hates that and smashes you over the head. It's like, what? How was I supposed to, what evidence was there that this comment exactly. would result in my death? There was no clue. Yeah, it's no... the same kind of thing in this. And but the, the fun thing about it is, is he's making the video game with, he's he's making like the first video game with two decisions. Yeah. So he's making it and you're playing him right. making it. And then he's I'm the dude r- playing figuring the dude. out that you're playing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So like, <laughs> without too many spoilers, I think. The, the character starts to become awaring, uh, self-aware of some sort of external yeah. f- force. But Camera anyway. zooms out on the studio. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> anyway, so Bandersnatch, what, what would you give it a uh, give it an arbitrary review? <laughs> um, if there was like a Oscar for innovation, oh, I'd you give, give it, it that. Okay. Uh, it's definitely, it's taking watching TV 
in a streaming platform to a, to a, another place, which I respect. Uh, it's the first one. Uh, it wasn't awesome, but yeah, yeah I give them like a seven. Isn't I like that because it's like you see the possibilities. Like yeah. where where will this go? And it's the avatar of the avatar. Choose your own adventure TV. Avatar two on its way out any day now. <laughs> um, so the other ones. So what else has come out recently on Netflix? Blind Bird Bird Box, Box, which I didn't know was based on a novel. I, wasn't I did aware not of know either. It's like okay, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> it's uh, a quiet place for sight. For sight, yeah. Which I didn't watch a quiet place, but you liked it, John Krasinski. Yeah, it's a watchable movie. It was overhyped for some reason. I don't get why people went gaga over this the flick, but and somehow the same idea came out. So you didn't like that the monster. Well, let's not get too into yeah, I'm not gonna, quiet place, but yeah, yeah. So quiet place. Had its own issues, but it's still an entertaining movie. Bird Box, I think it's an entertaining movie, but it's not a good movie. It's no, it was. I think the production quality was. It was poor. weird. It was all over the place. <laughs> it's like had some interesting like effects, and then sometimes the filming was like what. And there was some guys I, like I was just scrolling through my YouTube feed, and some it, I don't know how it maybe because I subscribed some uh, movie channels or something, but through this one guy's re, sort of ranting review of uh, Bird Box, he's despised it. He said it was filled with continuity errors. The special effects stunk. And just like he was very upset about it. And I didn't agree with a lot of what he was talking about. But on the other hand, sometimes when you I'm a huge fan of I don't like watch. I never watch a review before I see a movie. I like hearing general feedback about like, is it positive or negative? But I don't want to go in the details. I like to see the memes and the memes. (laughs) Show me the give me the memes. But it's when you see a movie and then you want to hear and then I want to read read a review or read other people's opinions of it after cuz oftentimes if I see a bad movie or something I don't like I'm like what I'm trying to there's things that you can pick up on it's like obvious like when you play a game you dislike it's like I hated this I hated this what, maybe there are other things or maybe when you hear someone else put it down on the paper or read or uh, on the film and articulate some of these reasons I think it's very helpful to be like oh, okay that makes sense I was trying to figure out what I didn't like about that part there but that's a long way of saying I didn't hate Bird Box, but I'm not watching it ever again. If I yeah, avoid no. It, it kind of had some kind of like the choppy camera bits, a bit like Sicario in some parts, where yeah. it was kind of like you you weren't sure if you were you're supposed to be in it, sort of like a shaky cam. Well, thing, that's what he was complaining about, whether or not you were uh, cinematic. Yeah, you're saying there was there's a, a whole bunch of unnecessary jump cuts and shaky cam, and I thought it was just a. It didn't drive me crazy because I thought in my my vision of it was just that. Vision, that they were just trying to emulate the confusion of when you're blindfolded and you're being chased Ooh, or you're panicked and it's like oh you're fumbling around you're trying to do stuff but I, it just didn't work like a lot of the stuff it seemed like movie. a whole movie no and like, yeah. weirdly chopped up to anyway so bird box so we're giving mediocre reviews to Netflix shows today. That's our thing. But you liked, but you like Bandersnatch. You're giving that an endorsement, don't you? I'll give it a hesitant endorsement. Yeah. Okay. So mine is just like a <laughs> for Bird Box. If you have nothing else to do, we got a sixty percent and a forty percent. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the only other one is that. So I came home yesterday from Megasiv, um, and Kayla apparently has fallen head over heels in love with this other Netflix show. Uh, called Nailed It. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. It's uh, an absurd cooking show, and I think. Was this where they do everything badly? Yeah, so it's like they have a they have this sassy uh, big black woman who's actually really funny, and a French chef, pastry chef, and then they have a celebrity guest, and uh, then they come in and they have to copy this. So that the French cook makes something, and then they a bunch of amateur chefs have to cook this, <laughs> and then it's hilarious because it's it's almost like it feels like the show where it's like. 
they gave people money for this and they, yeah. they're just screwing around and it's they're like make, they're making a show after me you know mm-hmm. because there's very much you know those YouTubes where they have the cooking instructions very quickly and then I love those. and it presents love it. it perfectly yeah, yeah. people will recreate that but then just th- throw in eggs and <laughs> Flip it out and then just like (laughs) slam it down on the table, and then it always says nailed it. Okay, so I know. (laughs) Anyway, it's funny. I give it a recommendation because it's actually it's not bad. Nice. Check it out. Anyway, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Thanks for listening.